When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode. I'm really excited about today's guest, Carl Baker, and he's the founder and CEO of Infinity Commercial Capital, and he's helping people find money through their loan products. It's going to be a fantastic discussion about finance, real estate, financing, and I love having entrepreneurs on the show talk about their business. So, Carl, welcome. Thank you very much, Christopher. Nice to be here. I really appreciate it. Yeah, we were. Yeah, I'm really happy to have you. We were chatting backstage, you know, about the (laughs) whole weather, um, and kind of talk about your background, your experience, and how you got to start Infinity Commercial Capital. Sure. Well, I spent. um, I'm a licensed CPA. Have been since 1992. uh, So for over 30 years, I spent 25 years in public accounting as a corporate auditor. And uh, that that took me really all over the country, professionally and personally. Uh, I lived in uh, in Missouri for many of those years, and I lived in Boston, Massachusetts for many of those years. So, uh, and then since then, we've moved back to uh, moved back to Missouri. But for twenty five years, I was a corporate auditor, and uh, seven years ago, I kind of went back to my roots and um, asked myself, how do I want to spend time? And I really wanted to spend time doing value added forward thinking consulting and you know i've been in finance and financial related stuff for a long time so i didn't really want to totally reinvent myself but wanted to do something related to financial finance and financial stuff uh on a on a kind of a go forward basis so i became a consultant a cfo consultant and and on the entrepreneurial side, that caused me to realize, hey, I can earn a living on my own. Um, I jokingly told people that my mission statement, you got to have a mission statement. My mission statement when I started in 2017 was don't go bankrupt. Uh And uh, when I realized that I could earn a living, it caused me to free up my mind. And and I found myself thinking, what do I really want to do? What what do I want to do? And I went back to my roots in, as a college-age student, and I really wanted to be a banker, a lender. And so I coupled all of that. I, I coupled my financial expertise, my accounting and financial reporting expertise, and became a commercial loan uh, financing advisor about four years ago. Yeah. I love that story. And um, just if you had, if money was not an issue, what would you do? And I love starting from that especially uh, since 2022 2023 this idea of uh just surviving and if you survived these last three years i mean you're a way ahead and 
you built up all the infrastructure for you to really succeed. Um, it's just going to get better from here. So um, I love talking about these themes and it's talking about this evolution of commercial lending and advisory. And you've got extensive background in how have you seen the industry evolve over the years and what are key trends and changes businesses should be looking at today? Well, so I, I guess I would say the economy, it, it's kind of like what politicians say it's the economy stupid and and um just understanding the need to look at a business um build a business the right way and, and do that in a in a way that is a part of your expertise and a part of your your skill set and your interests um so i i would say that's a that's a big a big piece of it. Just putting a good plan together is another thing. Putting putting a good plan and just making sure that you've evaluated risks and uh, and finances and just put all that together. You know, when talking about just especially with um, with interest rates, how what is your what are your thoughts on that? Because uh, people think you know the interest rate cycle have, have has peaked, and uh, so kind of you know, talk about your ideas or where you think it, everything's going. Yeah. So I was actually just talking about that with somebody else and especially in the world of real estate investing. So many people are asking, is now the right time to buy? Should we wait? Should we wait till interest rates go down? And um, I remind people that if you have a good deal, um, that good deal will always will always be there. And the way I articulate it is the win in a real estate investment, the win is in the property. Uh, and many people get hung up on rate. Uh, and usually as a lender, people, that's the that's the very first thing that I am asked uh, when they're trying to decide whether to use <laughs> our services. What will, what's the rate? <laughs> and that's usually in reality it's one of the last things that a person should be evaluating when they're evaluating a real estate deal what's the rate certainly that's important but uh is there going to be cash flow does do you have the expertise to manage that property do you have the reserves and the liquidity and the experience to do that let's talk about all those things first um is the location the right place so there's lots of those things because those things will long endure beyond the rate um the rate can can change but um that that's my question when somebody asks about the rate but in terms of where do i think rates will go um there's been a lot of evolution in that thinking even in the last few months uh, to bring up some technical things but there's the concept of the the inverted yield curve so right now we're in an inverted yield curve scenario and we have been for a while so a person could uh, uh could invest in a one-year, two-year T-bill, their options are to invest in, in a one- or two-year T-bill or in a 10-year T-bill, they're going to earn a higher return from the one- and two-year T-bill than a 10-year return. And usually it's the other way around. If you're going to put your, if you're going to tie your money up into something, um, you would think you would get a better return if you tied it up longer. Whereas right now, you can invest in a short-term note T-bill and receive a higher term. 
we're waiting for that to flip. Uh, and we think that that will be a, a trigger point for the economy. But I do think over the next 12 months, and I'll stop talking here in a second, but over the next 12 months, I do think rates are going to come down. There's just a lot of economic pressures. There's political pressures. People are ready to, there's a lot of pent up demand. And I, I think the Fed will uh, respond to all of that and come up with a reason to lower rates. Yeah. It's quite interesting uh, because basically it's it's really um, how you look at things and it really makes it hard when they when the interest rates change and it's like they're able to change it on a whim and um, and then you have to kind of resort to like sometimes people speculate on these things and but you know ultimately the deal works if the numbers work. But, uh, you know, again, it's, mm -hmm. it's just so hard because, you know, we're coming out of a pandemic and now we've got war and recession and inflation, you know, all of this. And it's really hard. Election. Elections. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's I mean, it's so hard to, you know, invest because it's like, well, you don't want to put your money if it's going to drop by 30 percent, you know, but just put it in a 5 percent or and then uh, or you don't want to tie your money up for 10 years and just have it sit there and then they raise the rate again and you're then you lost out on that. Well, I think right. that I think that's uh, that's that highlights the importance of taking a professional approach and understanding the risks uh, and capitalizing on and responding to those risks and, and doing that in, in the in the right way. Uh, if you don't have an ex any experience in managing a, a hundred unit multifamily apartment complex, well, it's going to be difficult. First of all, it's going to be difficult to uh, procure that property and, uh, and manage it effectively and obtain the financing you need. But if you could get through all of that, there's real expertise needed in that and understanding that. And that's just an example. But uh, it really highlights the need to understand the risks, understand the skill sets, and understand how to evaluate a deal and whether it's the right deal for you or not. Yeah. And then the next question I have is um, strategic financial planning for businesses. And you've been involved in this area. And share your insights on how businesses can effectively plan their finances and investment to ensure long-term success. Kind of piggybacking off this idea where economic uncertainty, you're talking about profiting from uh, risks. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Yeah. Um, well, I, again, I, I think uh, understanding what it is, if we're just talking about strategic planning from a business perspective, whether it's related to real estate or owning a pizza shop or uh, a gas station or whatever, that some of the, some of the, the, the overarching skill sets related to all of that are the same and understanding what your plan is, what are your interests, what are you trying to accomplish, uh, who is your customer base, do you have a have a have the following that you need to have a, the customer base. Um, in the world of, there's actually, it's a whole thing to, to help business owners navigate through the concept of strategic planning. Um, it usually starts with some sort of a SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats um, that can become cliche, but it's it's really true. Understanding what a, what your business plan is. Do you have a business plan? Uh, what are you trying to accomplish? And those sort of things. And then just just navigating, navigating through that. Like I said, um, 
again all of this we know all these are topics of discussion and ideas and we're just kind of skimming the surface and you know again it's not none of this is like professional advice it's just more to kind of whet your appetite and so the next thing is in uh today's financial landscape it has been extremely complex so what are some common challenges businesses face when seeking financing and how do you personally guide them through the these complexities to secure funding yeah um so i i i use the 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 concept or the phrase um financial positioning i think if a person is wanting to get a loan and just very briefly i've done this before and i made mistakes and i learned lessons 20 years ago i was thinking about being an entrepreneur i was knee deep in my public accounting experience and i went out to some lenders and i said i'd like an sba loan so i can start a coffee shop or a sporting goods store or something like that and uh, i literally physically audibly got laughed at because i wasn't prepared i wasn't positioned i wasn't I wasn't prepared. What I was thinking was, I'm a borrower, you're a banker, your job is to give me a loan and, and help me get this business off the ground. And that's not really the role of a lender. The lender is there certainly to help you get your get you off the ground and help you if you're a startup or to help you expand if you're in business but the lender's role is to help you provide that capital the lender is not there to take on your business risk and i think that's important to understand is the difference between lending risk and business risk a lender is not going to take on your business risk you are taking on that business risk and the lender will provide the capital in alignment with a proper analysis of their of their risk uh, profile. But understanding all of that, understanding the lender's role and positioning yourself to qualify, I think is a great first step. Understanding what it is you're gonna do to get a loan and then understanding what I call the four C's, cash flow, credit, collateral, and capacity of a borrower experience, um, uh, what are your reserves, what are your personal financial statements, understanding all of that and understanding how it fits into your borrowing request. The, the overarching concept of that is what I call finance, financing positioning um, and being ready for that and not just reacting to the borrowers, the lenders questions, but but proactively navigating through that by understanding those when you go in to get a loan. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease really interesting yeah there's it's always um 
it's always a love hate relationship with uh, the bank bankers, you know, lenders, borrowers. Um, but if you can, like I said, if you can have a good relationship, then you know, uh, you know, your businesses can really succeed. Um, talk about non traditional financing and what, you know, how has that changed the playing field for businesses? And give some examples of um, non traditional financing in, in modern business. Yeah, um, I, I think this is a fascinating subject. So we're all taught from the age of 16, when you need a loan, you go to a bank, right? <laughs> you get your first car, then you turn 25 or 22 or whatever, and you buy your first house, you go to a bank. And by saying all that, I am by no means downgrading uh, the importance of banks and society. I don't mean it that way, <laughs> but there are other places where you can get a loan. Um, and it and it really just depends on what type of, of loan you're seeking. But let's just talk about real estate for a second. Of course, you can go to a bank and get a commercial or a conventional loan for a real estate investment. But a little known secret, and let, until you get into it, there are many non-bank lenders across America that are uh, competing with banks in providing capital. Um, they might be bridge lenders. They might be helping real estate investors with rehab type projects. There, there are non-bank mortgage lenders that are providing 30-year fixed rate commercial loans. Um, and you can't get that at banks. The, they, fill a, they fill a need and they're quite competitive in terms of rate and uh, uh, they're competitive in terms of rate. They're competitive in terms of uh, that underwriting process. You you referenced the love-hate relationship in navigating through the loan process. There is no doubt that getting a loan has a hassle factor. There's a, there's a hassle factor. No matter how you do it, there is some version of a hassle factor in getting a loan. And some lenders really run you through that ringer in their in the context of their risk profile and some uh, have a simplified underwriting process. So there's that. Even one one other quick thing I've talked about real estate financing. If you're a business owner and you're needing working capital, well, the the concept is the the notion is that you'll go to a bank and get a working capital loan. Well, banks are going to require collateral for the most part, banks are collateral lenders or they are credit-based lenders. If if you don't qualify at a bank, where are you going to get it? There are many hundreds, thousands of non-bank working capital business lenders out there that will that will help you obtain a loan. Um, so that when we talk about non-bank lending, um, just understand that there are capital solutions all over. A lot of times they're financed, they're um, they're capitalized by uh, institutional investors and the sort, and it just creates a market. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And uh, you know, once I once I figured out, you know, there's other ways. Like there's not there's not just the traditional there's like hard money lenders. There's you or if you know a good um, uh, uh, mortgage broker, they can find you those loans. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of final question is. Um, as a real estate investor and host on the podcast of commercial real estate investing, what advice do you have for individuals, businesses looking to venture into real estate investment? And and uh, how does this overall time the financial management, especially in today's climate? Yeah, great. It's a great question. Um, 
First of all, it's important to understand that investing in real estate is a commercial exercise. So just like owning, like I said, owning a pizza shop, owning a gas station, owning something else, a nursing home, it's all, it's it's a business. And the reason I say that is to just to understand that, but also if you're going to become an expert or if you're going to be in that business, you need to be an expert and uh, and take it on professionally <laughs> and understand the the risks and, and everything. But you also, this is where, where I was really going with that. You also have to really like it. So if you don't like the concept of managing a piece of property, then you're probably not going to like owning a rental property unless <laughs> for some other reason. But setting all that aside, my, my point there is you have to like whatever it is you're doing. Um, and then people buy real estate uh, to build wealth um, through uh, uh, the use of other people's money. You can grow your wealth profile because you can can appreciate a, a, a real estate pro portfolio using less of your own money and still have growth uh, and tax um, tax planning and and tax avoidance and 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 those sort of things. I don't mean that illegally. I, I mean using taxes in in a way to uh, to your advantage. Uh, there's just a a lot of advantages to owning real estate. Uh, the the other concept is passive income. You know, I own a handful of of rental properties. You probably own a handful of rental properties. We're making money on a monthly basis through that rent that rent coming in is paying the paying the mortgage uh meanwhile we earn a little we earn a few bucks and eventually we can sell that property and and make a gain or use the value the the equity in that property to uh, monetize that equity and invest in more property and th that's the other reason why people invest in real estate yeah to to grow their wealth in all those different ways yeah most successful investors i've known they have real estate as a component of their portfolio or their investment thesis and like i said um like i'm not a big fan but it has its it's like has it advantages mm -hmm. unique to unlike any other asset class so you know i use that you know but real estate is it's slow it's big it's bulky it's inefficient but it's a sure thing but over the long term, that's how you build your wealth. It's not something where you can uh, quick flip or you know these these types of. It's not these you know get rich quick schemes. It's very slow mm. and steady, and and it takes a lot of work too. So it's it's not it's not easy. So um, most it is. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Some people I get calls on a weekly basis. I am a commercial loan broker, and and um, I get calls on a weekly basis from newer people and they think it's a get, get rich scheme or they think they can get a hundred percent loan and none of that happens, but people like the real estate. I, I mean, you make a great point. It's not for everybody. Uh, there are certainly other ways to build wealth, but people like it because they can, they can sink their teeth into the real property. Yeah. Um, and at the very least sell it and hopefully get their money back. So, yeah. Yeah. How can it's people, a good, it's a good component. How can people, uh, Find out more about the work that you do. Yeah. So our website is uh, infinitycomcapital.com. And that is in the word infinitycom, C-O-M-M, capital.com. Uh, they can email me at that, at uh, kbaker at infinitycomcapital.com. Or they can call me 
314-403-7745. Um, and happy to, happy to chat with anybody. Yeah. And for all the audience out there, let's thank Carl for coming on and um, what a fantastic discussion. Like I said, real estate, it's a sure thing, but a slow thing. And it takes a lot of work, um, not for the faint of hearted. And with that, thanks so much for coming on. All right. Thank you very much, Dr.